Sure. This conference will now be recorded. Well, he hello everyone. Glad to have the opportunity to share our experiences with you. Um, Marie and I opened up our office in, oh geez, actually it was February of 2017. So we're coming up on an anniversary here. Um, and it has been a, a wild ride for us. Um, I think what we usually do is we share our backgrounds. I mean, I grew up in the corporate world. Um, my last, prior to Citywide, my last 12 years, I had spent working for AIG in a variety of um, global strategy and program management roles. Um, but where I was unhappy was the last couple of years at AIG was all about figuring out how to cut heads in operation centers all around the world, and I hated it. And finally, we cut my area, and I took a package, and I just decided that, you know, I wanted to do something, you know, on my own. Marie and I talked about it, the more excited I got about it. And I decided not to even pursue the corporate world again and to open our own business. And then fortunately, I guess two years into it, Marie, who had been moonlighting with Citywide, came into the business full time. So we're 100% all Citywide. Um, our territory is here in central New Jersey. Um, and, you know, we've had several great years. Last year was our best year ever. And I, we've just really enjoyed growing. Marie, you want to share your background? Yes, sure. Um, well, I also come from uh, the corporate world, um, working with companies like uh, Citigroup, AIG. Um, my last um, stint, which ended up being 10 years, was uh, from Ernst & Young. So I went into management consulting. Really loved it, but eventually the travel does get to you, um, specifically focused uh, in human resources, uh, global HR programs. And um, I joined Tom about, it's almost two years now. I was on a plane while trying to look for uh, independent contractors at the same time. So needless to say, it was time for me to make the move. Um, and I'm glad I did. I mean, there has to be something said to put in that energy and effort um, in terms of building a business, lending that towards your business. So, um, so here we are, three years in, and we're four years, four years yeah. in. Sorry about that. Um, and we're happy to help. I, I think one of the things, and it, it rings true today, is actually the tenth of the month is the day we pay our independent contractors to Citywide. And it's something that is rather amazing for Marie and I, because when we look at some of the guys that came in here, basically broke, and we look, you know, we're $20,000 to some of these guys now. And just to see, and to have seen the impact in our lives that Citywide has brought, and then to see the impact on the people around us and how we've, you know, the rising tide has, has uh, you know, floated all boats around here. Um, so it's just been a, a great feeling. And then to, um, I think what really keeps Marie and I running, it's, you know, it's not the money, it's about the winning and doing something great. And I think it's about having that experience with the clients and our customers when, you know, they respect us, they call us or, you know, anytime that you answer your phone on the weekend or late at night and their first, the first thing they say is, thank God I caught you, or I can't believe you answered the phone. And you know, or I, I'm sorry to bother you. And I always tell people, never say that. Every, you know, never feel bad about calling me on the weekend or late at night because everybody else does. So and it's what we're here for. And so, you know, we get a kick out of that, adding value to people's lives. 
any before instead of us rambling on any questions for us i have a question this is eden um I'm, I'm really glad you told us about how you got started because that was actually one of my questions since you are a husband and wife team um so thomas did you get everything up and running by your by yourself other other than marie's help with it sounds like some hiring or how did you yeah, handle it? it was yeah we started out with just um ourselves we had a sales executive so it's really like myself and a sales executive full-time and Marie kind of moonlighting or kind of part-time helping us out when she wasn't traveling for her day job. Mm -hmm. Let's be clear though, whether you choose to moonlight or not, the minute you sign the papers and you become an owner, you're living that dream, right? And the dream sometimes may look like holy moly, we got payroll, right? So we're trying to make the payroll. And whether you were part of that dream or not, you know, you look over and that person's living that dream with you. The best dream that I, I remember having is when I first decided to come in full time is I remember saying, I left a corporate job for this because, you know, it, before it gets good, there's some there's some uh, grit that's required, right? Mm -hmm. So, I think to answer to answer your question, I think it's important to know at what point the commitment starts, mm -hmm. and it hits you it hits you pretty strong. Now, it's great because Tom mentioned hiring independent contractors before. I can tell you, year one. And that's the beauty of this, right? No matter how much experience you have, no matter what your background is and what kind of role, senior role you were in before, you come in here and it's almost like back to basics, right? It's like, how do, what just happened? What did I sign? How do I do this? But all that, um, all that going on, two years, there's one day that clicks in two years later, and it starts to become really smooth. And there's a pep in your step now of confidence when you start to go out to see your clients. Mm -hmm. um, so I always say the people that, that do best in a role like this is people who genuinely care. If, you, if at the end of the day, you genuinely care about the output of what you're doing, mm -hmm may eat at you but not so much so i hope that helps <laughs> <laughs> that does that helps a lot um marie my background is also human resources oh nice yeah and um my husband is in the oil industry and actually works in canada so you know one of our concerns and trying to figure out is you know am i going to be able to get this up and running to a point where you know he can then join so that's how I was really interested in hearing your story. Very helpful. Yeah. Yeah, what would yeah. you say? I mean, you, you both indicated like that first two years was rough. What would you say was the biggest unexpected challenge that you had? Oh God, that, when you say rough, <laughs> I can't underscore. They call it the first two years, the grind. It is utter hell. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't really remember. We're still here years. though. So that's yeah, a good. 
still here. We survived. And we're happy about it. So it's it's not, you know. Yeah, but you'll, you'll, you'll suffer. I mean, I remember I've never been so tired in my life. That <laughs> after that experience, though, anything else kind of pales in comparison. Well, until the pandemic, that there was a whole nother um, layer of life. But um, I, I think, uh, and I'll just mention this to you since you and your husband are thinking of going in together. Yeah, working with your spouse. Yeah, Marie and I are thinking we're going to write a book in a few years about that. <laughs> it's an interesting experience. And uh, <laughs> I, I would say, let's look at the worst and then the best it gets, right? So the worst it gets is, you know, here you are, you started your, your own company, you're doing, you think things are going well, you hired an independent contractor who you thought was going to be the perfect contractor. It's 10 or 11 o'clock at night and you find out that his car broke down. There's a lot of car cars breaking down. There's a lot of girls, <laughs> people having to travel, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And you find out that the cleaner can't make it. Guess who's going out to clean? So I clung on to my pearls and I said, this is it. I'm going in because at the end of the day, the account has to be serviced. Mm -hmm. I'm not if I'm at the best point that it gets yet because we got a lot of other offices that are rocking it out. But I would say the best it's gotten for me is when we go into a national account and the overall head guy, regional or you know, national head guy is calling me on my cell phone and asking if I could do him a favor. Now, there are plenty of companies that do what we do, but I have to start to think that there's something that I'm doing right. And I always people have to know you, they have to like you, and they have to trust you. So this business is about trust. And to me, whenever I've met somebody's trust, that's as good as it gets for me. Mm-hmm. So can you talk a little bit more about the independent contractors and, um, you know, what, what advice would you give, you know, someone new coming in on, on how to deal with your independent contractors? You know, and I think it's tough because, it, you know, I thought it was us, but other, because I always like to talk to the, you know, I, I believe in giving back. So I always try to spend and help the offices that kind of started after us but I learned a lot from the offices that started before us. And it mm -hmm. is a theme you kind of hear. You don't really know what a good independent contractor looks like until you've done this for a while. And uh, I tell you in training, the contractors you start out with your first year won't be your contractors you have your second and third year. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, is that so true? <laughs> um, it takes you a while to kind of, I think it's a combination of one, you don't know what's good or bad. And then two, when you're starting out and telling, hey, come come work with me, I'll get you all these accounts. How many clients do you have now? Zero. Versus, <laughs> okay, you're down the line. How many accounts do you have? We have 100 clients. We do these people, these people, these people. Okay, now all of a sudden they want to work with you. And yeah. also you start to attract more people. Like we've gotten a lot out of anything that our office has done poorly the past few months is really be focused on IC recruiting. But we've had a quite a few come to us as referrals from our existing ICs or have heard about us or better yet, I have a guy coming in Monday 
who heard about us because he's, his cousin works for um, one of our offices in Maryland and they're excited. And that's not the first time that's happened. Mm, okay. And, and I would add to that, what makes an IC a great IC is not, it's not visible in the beginning, right? Because in the beginning, you have an account, the phone rang, somebody wants to give you that service. You're, you're excited. You're going to get people who come and do a walkthrough to see the space. Mm -hmm. Over time, I wouldn't even say that much over time, but by the third or second, second or third clean, you start to see the type of person you work with. I've had ICs who seem to be established and when they come in to do a job and I'm usually there on night one, I'm watching them and then I come back on night two, this is just a checkbox for them. They mm -hmm. got track, they're gonna do the job. Are they doing it thoroughly? Are they doing the detailing that's required? Are they doing what's, what's needed to make you look good on the account or are they just doing the job just to do it? And let's face it, it's not the sexiest of jobs to do. Mm -hmm. The difference between where I am today and where I was a few years ago is that I can now spot a person who cares about the output of their work. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's a mom and pop shop and mm -hmm. sometimes it's an established business. Um, but you zeroing in on, you know, how they, if they vacuumed, did they, did they get the corners or mm -hmm. if something was missing? Did they just walk right over it and just move on the, the, the care you're going to see the care pretty quickly in mm -hmm. the process. And I would also say the great thing about citywide, which has helped us quite a bit. So it's not all doom and gloom, but there's a network here. I mean, and there's a network of folks because we don't compete, we don't compete in territory. So mm -hmm. network of other owners who pick up the phone at a drop of a hat to help you, whether it's in IC recruiting, whether if you need to, you're not sure about an IC, maybe you know you want them to talk to them for you because you know your ears are too new. You have the support system. You have your own company but you have a support system. So that's the beauty also of this entire uh, picture cycle. Mm -hmm. and Tom and Mer I'm sorry, did you, Eden, did you have another question? No, it's okay. Go ahead, John. Uh, staying on the, the topic of um, the independent contractors, I mean, supposing you have five accounts, are you gonna use the same independent contractor to do each of those accounts? Or would you have a couple different ones in the event that you know one of them fails or their car breaks or or whatever? What's your exactly. experience with with that type of situation? Yeah, you want you want to spread it around, and especially you never want to. I see. I mean, I, you know, somewhere in there between maybe ten. You don't you don't want to have somebody having 20, 25 percent of your business. I prefer to never let it be more than like maybe around ten percent. You know, the scales may tip a bit if some we get a really big account and they go in there. But um, 
we try the, the problem with the contractors for us in New Jersey tends to be um, in our territory. They're very localized. We kind of have our contractors to service down by the shore. We cover like way out in Western Jersey on the border with PA. There's like a different set of ICs we use out there. So we try to grow them and we definitely are always looking for new ones. And again, you have the effect like huh, Marie just beat up on one of our ICs today. We helped this guy start his business and now he's got a bunch of accounts and he's probably gotten a little bit too big too fast. And we try to watch for that and we'll slow them down for their own good and tell them you're not getting any more accounts until you're able to manage what you have now. And we may take a couple away from you. And we've had to do that in some cases. And sometimes that ended the relationship. Other times, one of our top uh, contractors right now, um, her second account, I had to take away from her because she was messing up. But she was willing to listen and learn. And now she's in our top five. So. And, it, and you know, it's it, it does take some time um, to, again, start to figure out these items. One of the things you will notice is you will have an IC that is the greatest at servicing an account, but they're terrible business managers, right? I have done my share of babysitting and handholding. That's probably against the rules for managing an account. But I know when I put that person in there, I know if I walk in there the next day, the client is gonna be more than happy. I've had clients call me. I had one client two weeks ago because the IC had to leave, right? For some reason, they couldn't work anymore. And the uh, the client said to me, well, couldn't you pay them more money so they couldn't leave? And I said to him, very nicely, of course, you pay me more money, I'll pay them more money. So that was the end of that conversation. But, you know, the good ones, your clients will be attached to them. And to answer your question a little bit more directly, I would never put one IC in um, multiple accounts until they're proven, because if they decide to leave, guess who's cleaning those toilets? So I usually like splitting it out. I also think it's good from an optic standpoint, because when ICs think they're the only one running all these accounts, the conversation's a little different. But when they see there's healthy competition, all of a sudden it becomes a different thing. They, tr they try harder, they're after more accounts. They don't wanna be the person that loses the next big one. Yeah, do you ever have a situation where the IC tries to cut you guys out and go straight to the client? You know, I think we, we've had one in our office. I know of a few in the other offices in New Jersey. It's going to happen time to time. But if you've done your recruiting right and you've gotten the right types of people, you don't, you don't have that happen. And, you know, we have a rule. And again, it's citywide has grown and there's more of us. Like when we opened, we were the only one in New Jersey. Now there's three other offices. And we have a rule here. If you screw one of us, you, you're blacklisted from all of us. None of us will do business with you. I mean, you know, again, as you grow, you start to have some more power in the in the market to set the tone. And people start to realize, too, that um, I mean, one of the things about us personally is in, you know, we have values for our location that we develop with our team. And our number one value is we do business the right way. And I tell everyone, every customer, 
every contractor, every employee we hire that, you know, we believe in doing business the right way and we want to work with like-minded people. And as long as we're all thinking that same way, we may disagree from time to time, but things are going to be, you know, things are, you know, we'll have some differences, but it'll work out just fine. And that has really been the case for us. Like um, I think about at times the things we've had to do or, you know, we need had an emergency situation and we've told the contractor, just go do it, take care of it. We haven't even told them how much we're going to pay them for it, but they trust us. They know that we're going to come through for them and that, you know, we're going to take care of them. And the clients, you know, feel the same way. It boggles my mind sometimes when a client calls us up and tells us about a problem and it's just, well, okay, I'll get back to you on the quote, but no, 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 that's okay. Just, just bill me. I trust you. I know you take you know, it's it's exciting when that happens. Can I ask, once you signed your um, franchise agreement, how long did it take you to get up, like to open your doors? Uh, we signed in November, right the week of Thanksgiving, and then um, we were open the end of February. February 1st. Oh, we moved end into of February, the, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it, it the ramp up takes a little bit of time. It's I mean, and the time isn't a it isn't a a, a bad thing because mm -hmm. you know, it takes you time to find your office space to kind of you know get things lined up to, to find the right people. That if uh, if you want to say one of our biggest lessons has been, and it's funny because we knew this from our corporate lives how important people are, but mm -hmm. it it takes you a while to find the right people. And I think what's happened to us. And it's funny because some of the folks in Kansas have, who work with a lot of citywide offices said to Marie and I that we've started to develop a very nice culture in our office and it's going to help us with recruiting. And that mm -hmm. kind of, I was kind of like, huh? But now I, I see it because we definitely have a culture in our office so that now if we hire someone and they're not a fit, the, the team is saying it and you can feel it because, you know, we are very, all very different, but you know, we have the same values and that's what makes us work well together. Mm -hmm. And how long did it take you to break even as in your revenues covered all of your expenses, including any outside loans that you had to take to start the business? You know, see, this is always a difficult question for us because we are a very unusual office because if opening this business wasn't crazy enough, um, I, after literally we had been open one year, we acquired another business. It just so happened that there was a local cleaning company that the owner was failing in health and the footprint of his business fit almost perfectly into our territory. So it was kind of like one of those deals of a lifetime. Mm -hmm. um, you know, J Jeff Odo, the CEO of the uh, franchiser, kind of suggested to us that this would be a great opportunity. We'd be crazy to pass it by. He's done acquisitions in the past. You'll be fine. Yeah, that that was, uh, I should have listened to his controller who told me, Tom, this is crazy. Um, and I will tell you, it was, it was, we had our own personal hurricane. We acquired that other company. I think it was, it was March 1st of 2018. And I swear, Marie and I didn't even know what happened until I would say September was the first point that year that we could kind of take a breath again. It was just nonstop insanity. So mm. what happened is by doing that, we had to put some more money into the business, but it worked out, but it kind of threw, threw our trajectory off. Oh, yeah. uh, if you 
but I, I will say though, it really is about, it's about two years. It took us a little bit, a few months longer because of that whole sidebar we made with the acquisition. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, Marie and I go back and forth on it. And like there are days where I say to her, you know, that, that was crazy that we did that, but then, you know, I'll never do that again, but the next time we'll do it like this because now we know how to do an acquisition. So if the opportunity ever came up again, I wouldn't say we wouldn't, but mm. retrospect, we never should have done it that junior because we didn't know what we're doing yet. In fact, I think probably it wasn't until about year, probably about to last year that I feel like we really knew what we were doing. Now, like we've really, we've really figured this thing out. We figured it out and maybe we're like uh, late blossomers here, but every year we figured out something a little different. Like the first year, it was just figuring out what a contractor was. The second year, we lost a lot of the business we wrote the first year. We had a huge retention problem. So that was a tough fight for us that year to kind of figure out and get our operational processes together to stop that. So we kind of figured that out. Then the next year, we kind of figured out the whole, we've been talking about the janitorial side of the business, but the non-janitorial side of the business, we started to figure out that and how to get wins there. And then last year was the year that it just kind of all started clicking together. And when the pandemic happened, I mean, you know, who, who would have thought, I mean, we, that we just had a phenomenal year. Marie and I made some really good bets. Um, really, I'll give the credit to Marie. Um, you know, Citywide sent a lot of business with electrostatic spraying. And right before the pandemic started, we had a flu outbreak at one of the schools that Marie oversees. And the, we had a contractor who went to get rid of his machine. And it was just ironic that he had called me and tried to sell it to me the same week that there was this flu outbreak. And we went back and forth about spending the money. And, and, and we literally sat there at home over dinner and said, well, you know, there's that thing over in China. Who knows what could happen with that? Maybe we should buy it. So we bought it. Thank God that we did. Because doing that, I remember when that pandemic started from March, from early March till the first weekend in May, during that whole time, whole time period, we were working seven days a week. That first weekend in May was the first week that I had one weekend day that I wasn't going somewhere for some client. It was just nonstop. And you know, it, that, this whole thing started here in the New York, New Jersey area. So you know, we're fighting this thing. Our whole office got sick at one point early on, which turned out to be a benefit for us because we had all had it. it. You know, we were all, you know, not with any fear going into buildings and whatnot since we had already experienced it. And unfortunately, no one got really, really sick. So, you know, we survived. But um, that disinfecting work really just, you know, propelled us along and, you know, at the same time that came in as we had figured out how to do um, the not the NJS or the non-janitorial work. Um, and Marie has really been the superstar in our office for that. Um, the way we kind of have responsibilities divided up now, Marie is acting as, as a facility services manager or, or like an account manager for all mm -hmm. intents and purposes. She manages a book of business and she's really gotten in deep with her clients and a few that we've just done a ton of business. In fact, they just say they want to just work with her. I give yeah. you credit. Thanks. That's nice. Yeah. But you know, it, it takes some time to kind of to kind of figure it out. And I, I see it with some of the other franchises too. You kind of 
you stumble around a bit until it really clicks and you get the pieces going. Also, to a big point is you get the right people on your team. And we've seen it as we've added people to our team. You know, the, the value they bought brought is just, you know, phenomenal. Our uh, office manager was looking at some stuff today and I was sitting there thinking like, oh, my God, how did I miss that for so long? And then, then it hit me. I had no time to worry about that. But now having people that can focus on specific you know, aspects of your business, now you can really, you know, make things happen. Hmm. You know, as when, I when you sign up some of the questions. Go ahead. Hello. Oh, as I hear some questions, I remember sitting on the same call like you guys are and talking to someone else who had been in business for, I don't know, five years. Boston was eight years at the time. And I just kept saying to myself, can we do this? It's simple. This business is so easy. It's recession proof. <laughs> um, people will always need a company that can offer them solutions, cleaning solutions, facility management solutions. So conceptually, it's not a difficult sell. When I first went to Kansas, all I kept hearing was follow the model. I, I now get why they were saying that because it's a model that has worked for years and years and years. Um, it's a model where people are not just telling you it's worked. Whenever you have your national conferences, you actually see the people who are just like you. They're no different. They haven't struggled any less. They are just like you coming up and getting those, those big uh, checks that we get if you, know, if you bill a certain amount. You see the people who make the president's clubs, the nicest, people, hardworking, similar backgrounds to a lot of us. It's not that they're smarter. It's not that they're better. They followed the model. And maybe they're five years in, maybe they're 10 years in. They went through exactly what we all are going through, probably even worse, right? Because there was not a network this large. So if you're sitting back thinking, is this doable? Absolutely doable. It's not a difficult sell, as I said. The model is real. I'm in New York. I don't believe in much. <laughs> I, I'm a skeptic. And I, all I kept hearing about is this model. But the model is real, and it does work. So that's the only thing I would add to that. When you sign up a client, for what duration is that? contract you know you have the ability to vary that by location um we kind of went with the citywide model where you know you put an agreement out for you know 90 days they're they're stuck with you and then after that they can have a 30-day you know for for like the schools for something like that we will do a contract for quote unquote the school year and I mean, we've had clients that wanted to lock in pricing for maybe like a couple of years or something like that. So we'll do that. Uh, I know of other offices, they, they really make it a one year contract with people. I mean, we like I told you, we suffered on retention for a while and then we figured it out. 
So we like to use that as a selling point. Hey, we only knock it in, Marie's knocking on wood. <laughs> we like to, you know, we like to use it as a selling point, but hey, we only lock in for 90 days. So you should take a chance and go with this. You'll be happy. That's how confident we are that you're gonna love working with us. Um, and you know, like I said, it's 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 working for us. Um, I, in fact, in fact, we I, I crack up. We look at there's a report that comes out every month that, that shows the the um, the key metrics across all the offices. And if you look at the three-year retention number, we're like towards the bottom of the barrel. But if you look at last year, we're in like the top quartile because you know again, I mean, we figured it out, and you know our clients are sticking with us. We've lost. We lost a few um, over the past few months, but I think I don't think any have been because of necessarily something that we did. It's been more of an issue of we've lost a couple of clients because I mean their businesses have suffered and you know they're having to cancel contracts or maybe take their cleaning in house. Um, you know, I'm trying to think. We lost. Uh, yeah, I mean that that's really where we're losing, you know, it's usually it's usually the the pricing mm -hmm. and, you know, we're not the cheapest or the, the, the least expensive. Um, but, you know, we've had clients who have said they want to cancel and has come back because they they actually can see what they're paying. For. And one of the things, the biggest things that I used to run into and, and still do, you sign a contract. They're still looking at you as a cleaning company. It's your job or your FSM's job to kind of get them to see that you're a solutions provider and, you know, offering different kinds of solutions. Um, I think getting them to, to see that or to wear that hat where they see you in that way, I think that comes from your relationship. People would say, well, are you a cleaning business? I'm like, no, first and foremost, we're about relationships, right? You can keep the relationships going and the cleaning going. You will retain that client for a good amount of time. I've had clients because of the relationship, if the cleaner slips up, they're willing to look away or to just you know, forgive, so to say, and forget, because they know the overarching relationship is 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 better than just picking someone out there. All they're doing is janitorial. That relationship is is key, and it's it's the key to letting them know that you're not just a cleaning company. That's the biggest challenge ever. And but if you have the relationship and you're meeting with them and you're in there, you become the person that's on their their for better or for worse, right? Because you'll get the calls at 6 a.m. or at 11:30 on a Sunday night. But that's kind of what you've been building on and and working for. So and, I, and have you, <laughs> have you been able to parlay those relationships into providing other services? beyond janitorial, like, I, I don't know, press control or whatever other services are oh, that, that out there? That is the goal. To, to me, it's funny, it's like the janitorial and the NJS are all interrelated for me. In fact, in my mind, when I look at a client and all they do with this is janitorial, that is a client at risk in my mind because to them, we're just a cleaning company. 
But when we're doing all kinds of other things, and let me give you, I know you're reaching for examples of other non-janitorial. Let me give you some of the ones that I give them if I go out in a sales call. It's, we've gotten calls with, hey, one of my employees is pregnant and I need a lactation room. Can you help me with that? Yeah, we'll set that up for you. Hey, uh, we're having an audit and we've got this hazardous substance in drums in our parking lot and it's been there since before I started and we need to get rid of it. Um, you know, hey, our our uh, our facility, our distribution facility that's holding millions of dollars worth of inventory can't open because we've had a positive COVID case. I need you and you guys get out there and spray it. Could you get there first thing in the morning? How about we go now and do it? You can go now. Yeah, you're one of our top clients. We'll take care of it. We'll get we'll get the guys out of bed and we'll go right now. Wow. I mean, these are just you know, real life stories of the, the calls we get. And Marie will tell you, I get excited when it's something crazy we've never done before because that makes life interesting. You get plenty of the carpet calls or actually this is one of my favorites. Saturday morning, Marie and I are in bed. We don't really get, we have a, we have three daughters. One is a six-year-old and she doesn't really let us spend any time in bed on a Saturday morning. Phone rings, one of Marie's clients and they call her up and they're like, hey, I found out the, the big bosses are coming to town and, you know, I know I want to spruce up the place. Marie, what do you think I should do? And after I listened to this conversation out there after, after Marie got off the phone, and I just said to her, what was remarkable to me is so many times it's, hey, Marie, can I get a carpet clean? Or, hey, I want to get the windows washed. They just completely threw the ball in her court. Like, what do you think? What do you think we should do? Because again, you hear it in the citywide marketing material. And when we're really winning and in deep with the relationship and just tying it back to the question about the non-janitorial work, when we've sold it right and established the relationship right, again, anytime there's any problem in their building, they're calling us and they want us to take care of it. If you're looking at this model or if you hear a client say, well, you guys use independent contractors or why don't I just go with Joe's painting service? What do I need you guys for? You got to help them understand for several reasons. One is to manage a project, it's not like you just call us and we call somebody else and then they just do it. No, you call us and we manage the project. So that paint job at the school that Saturday, guess who went to make sure everything was good before the painters packed up? Someone from our team. Hey, you need to hit this wall with another coat. You know, I'm not satisfied with it. So that with the owner, when they walk in Monday morning, they're going to love it. You're getting that kind of project management. Second, you're getting like sometimes there's an issue and they don't even know how to fix it or resolve it. For example, we had a, a building that had a, it was a hundred year old building. They had a fire escape that was out of compliance and the fire marshal was beating the heck out of them about it. And it took us forever to find a company that could actually address the problem and, and get it resolved. It took a lot of research, a lot of digging, you know, a lot of talking with, with the, uh, with the, the local uh, fire department with the permits um, people with the building inspectors. Um, we managed all of that. Marie just completed a big, uh, what did you do? An office build Con out? Conference, conference room, room build, out. build out. Build out. You know, get, guess who was with the township working out and, and, you know, getting the wheel spinning to get the permits done? Marie was doing that. So it's not about being a middleman. It's about really taking the project and the work and the worry off of their hands. The other side of that coin is, when you call up a concrete guy and you've got one job, you're just one job to that guy. When we call up the concrete guy, 
we're a whole bunch of jobs to that guy. So God forbid if there's a problem where the client isn't happy, if we tell him he needs to go back and fix it, he's going to do it. If you're a client calling him one time, one job, you may never hear from him again. I, I, I would say, simply put, janitorial is what gets you in the door. Everything else that comes outside of that is what makes you the money. So you, you really need to get in the door and the janitorial will keep you there. And then once you're in the door, you can start to make your recommendations from you know the need to do high dusting to the need to carpet repair and all that. So the beauty, I have never sold an account since I'm here and I have no desire to do that. What I enjoy is actually growing the account growing it to the point where we get them to a point where, you know, I, I pull in the HR, where the people that are working at their uh, facilities are happy and they're safe and that the building looks aesthetically pleasing to all of their high-end clients. So the janitorial is extremely important. Again, it gets you in the door, but the beauty also, maybe I'm a little biased, but the beauty is in growing the extra services. Uh, I, I think the, the, that was well stated, the, the examples and, and the whole farming the account. Just one last question and then I'll shut up. Um, so at, at this point, how much of your revenue is janitorial versus the, the additional non-janitorial services? You know, t typically it's interesting because the non-janitorial kind of bounces all around depending on the size of the job. I mean, um, like right now um, for, I was just looking for my financials, like for this past, for January, our monthly contract revenue from the janitorial was like $185,000. And then our um, non-janitorial revenue was 149000 um, so I think typically citywide says you should be like maybe around 30, 30% or something like that, 32%, you know, NJS to JS, but, um, the electrostatic sprain and the disinfecting has really driven the non-janitorial business up, you know, everywhere. So, I mean, I think we're probably doing, I mean, typically month to month, we're doing about 50,000 or so just in disinfecting, you know, every month, and then we'll have other projects. I mean, over the course of last year, um, our NJS average, I'm just kind of looking across my board here. I mean, we had months where we were like, uh, our best month ever was December. We did, uh, I think our contract revenue was about 201,000 and our NJS was, uh, 197,000. Um, so, I mean, like I said, it's just been disinfecting. And also too, we, like I said, we figured out NJS in general. Um, you know, Marie had her conference room build out projects. Um, you know, we've done, we just did a big job last month for a company want to change its, its sign. Um, I mean, that's a good, that's a good, a good sign in of itself when I have trouble kind of remembering, cause we've done so many different things that, you know, a lot of times Marie will do something or our other account manager will do something and I'll never even know about it until I see it hit our financials, which makes me happy. Uh, speaking of which, no one's asked it, and you know, again, Marie and I are always very comfortable. Full disclosure, 
sharing it, like what our revenue has been since we started. Um, in fact, I actually have this on a, on a spreadsheet that I always pull up for this call because the first time we did it, someone asked me and I, I, it, I didn't know off the top of my head. Now I've got it all nice and tidy. So our first year, um, like I said, we opened in our doors in like the end of February, beginning of March, 2017, we did 185,000 in total revenue. 2018, we did 1.7 million. Um, again, a part of that was the acquisition that, that we made really bumped us up very quickly. Um, 2019, we did 2.2 million. Last year, we did 3.5 million. And uh, this year, I wish I could say what we're gonna do, but it's just very confusing understanding the impact of this pandemic because we thought a lot of that electrostatic disinfecting spraying work would have would have gone away by now, but it seems like with all the mutations and stuff, that's gonna continue for a while. Um, what, what we are a bit concerned about is just, again, some what we've noticed is some of the companies that have been under financial strain, they were holding out to see when this pandemic was gonna break. The fact that it really hasn't, you know, uh, you know, we've seen, like I said, we've lost a few clients. Um, and for a while, our growth was a little stymied on the janitorial side, but it really picked up in January. We have a lot of contracts out to bid right now. And um, actually a couple, we've just won over the last couple of days. We haven't even had a chance to put in yet. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be an interesting year, but like Marie said, it is recession proof. So I don't, I'm, I'm positive we're gonna grow and it's gonna be a good year, but it's just very difficult to kind of project out after this pandemic year, you know, what life's really gonna be like. Any questions on that? Sure, and I guess related to that, thank you so much for sharing so much. This has really been informative, really appreciate it. Sorry for the echo. But no um, the, uh, with your salesperson, it sounds like that's like your first key hire. Um, and obviously you're out there every day doing it, but what was your relationship like with your first, your first, your first sales rep? Yeah, that didn't, that didn't work out so well. Um, unfortunately, it was a friend we brought into the business. He really wasn't the right fit. And deep down inside, I knew it from the beginning and, and it ended up just not working out. Um, but what we learned from that is it made me realize the type of person that would be right for that role. And so our second sales exec has been with us over two years now. And I mean, he's a franchise player for us. Um, you know, we, we have our plan set for the next, you know, five years where we're going to build up and hire more sales execs and make him the sales manager. Um, but again, it just takes time to find the, the sales exec is one of the hardest roles to fill because you need someone that's a hunter that like likes to go out and track people down and figure out what the facilities manager is. And I mean, our guy, Paul, he comes back with stories about how he got into a building and it leaves your jaw hanging. Like, I can't believe you did that. <laughs> but whatever it takes to, to win the sale. And, and can you share with us a little bit, because I think there's a couple of things. Um, your first year financials, it sounds like, so you were in that, like, in terms of salary for yourself, but making it through that first year, or were you really relying on your wife's income to kind of keep things going while you built the business? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, <laughs> yeah, we didn't pay ourselves like really anything the first year. Um, I want to say at some point in after we hit the two year mark, um, 
I started paying myself a salary. And then Marie actually worked for a, a full year before I, I paid her a salary. And, and to be honest with you, Marie and I are open books. We had always planned for Marie to come into the business full time. She came in like about a year or two before we kind of had planned on it. It just, the timing was right. She wasn't happy at her job. And, you know, she was thinking about maybe, you know, moving to a different company. And I'm like, that just makes no sense. You know, I mean, I, I was confident at that point we we're going to be successful. So I told her, you should just come into business full time. And I remember that conversation. Marie goes to me, can we afford that? And I said, no. And she looked at me like, are you out of your mind? I'm like, we've been okay so far. And she, you know, kind of shrugged your shoulders and you look, look, it was a, it was a lean year or so. And I'll tell you, you know, we didn't, we canceled a few family vacations and all that. Um, and, you know, he had to dig in the savings a bit, but you know, it, it was worth it to get to where we are now. So Tom and Marie, um, k- kudos for all you've accomplished here. It sounds like a great story. What, what, um, you know, and you guys really rolled up your sleeves and dug into it. What, what was the value add from Citywide? Um, did they, did the telemarketing programs work? Did Kelsey provide any value? Did, you know, give me give me a sense for how the corporation helped you. Yeah, I I think um, you know when you want to talk about your about because one of the things that that Marie used to say is like when we started out, what she liked about because we looked at a few franchise concepts, but the people in Kansas were very consistent. Um, there was a good vibe vibe to them. Um, and yeah, I, you know what I would say is this. Again, I I go out and I say I'm a I'm a born skeptic being a New Yorker, but it's so funny because throughout the time Tom kept saying we had a few different franchise um, uh, opportunities to look at, and every time I spoke to someone from Kansas City, everything they said they followed up and they worked on and they did. No matter what they said they were gonna do, they did. And then I said, this this is too good to be true. This, this doesn't exist. So then I went over, I went to Kansas and I met the people and I said, wow, these guys are really nice. And they've been doing everything they've been saying. So they their response on providing the right type of information their response on, you know, helping when you need it, it was spot on. There's not one thing till this day that they've said that they have not followed through on. And then I met, um, you know, I met uh, Jeff and his wife, wonderful, wonderful folks. And I said, you know what? People in Kansas are really cool. And I like the fact that I think we started the process in October. Mm-hmm. And by the end of November, I was I was waiting for something. I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. And finally, I couldn't think of anything with the exception of everything we asked for, whether it's you know learning about the company, whether it's asking questions they flew out. Back then, people were flying out. They were just real people, honest people, who had done well with a particular model, and now they were looking at people who were interested in that model. It was as simple as that. Um, 
actually the person who helped sell us on it um, now owns his own franchise. Where's Stu out of? Uh, San Antonio. He's out of San Antonio. So it really has turned into a family. I mean, we are all, and Tom makes fun of me, the one team, one dream model. There's not one time you can't, I mean, you can pick up the phone and call whomever and they will respond to you back accordingly. And many times you don't even have to pick up the phone. If you're going through something and somehow they've heard about it, they'll pick up the phone and call you. Um, so from a standpoint from sales, they've been amazing. Um, from an operation standpoint, Joe Chaplin, I call him Uncle Joe. That guy is brilliant. And um, you can pick up the phone and call him anytime for things as small, you know, as, you know, what do you think I should do with toilet paper dispensers to, you know what, they want us to build a cold room in a warehouse. So you can pick up the phone and call these people, they will help you. And in addition, you have a whole network of citywide offices that are equally as friendly. So that was the value for me. I might add in Joe Choplin's been with the company 30 plus years, so he is Uncle Joe to everyone. Just um, for you, <laughs> fill, fill up John and Ian, just so you know, Joe is amazing. And and uh, but he, Marie, can you talk really quickly on because this is what excited me last time you had the call is talk about the women's like for Eden's sake is being a woman owned um, based um, owned company. How you guys have a women's group? I was talking to Meredith about this, but talk a little bit about how. You guys have that set aside because of you guys working so closely together because your story last time was amazing on it yep yep so the person who sold us helped sell the franchise has his own franchise um now uh and meredith who was our coach our very first coach um now has her own franchise so when uh conference time comes around i mean during the year we're all dealing with the business, we're dealing with family, we're dealing with life, whatever life throws at you. We are hustling, we're doing what we need to do. Um, we're learning to work with our spouses in a way that we have never thought we'd be working before. Um, we're trying to stay and remain married. Um, so we were at the conference um, last year and some of the women uh, started talking about some of the things that they go through, right? How sometimes they get so frustrated at their mate or their spouse, but then, you know, something pulls them in uh, for them to keep the eye on the prize, right? So we decided to put together a women's group, a citywide women's group. Um, and that has helped us because let's face it, there are differences amongst the sexes, right? So. It's given us a, a platform to kind of get together, maybe have virtual drinks um, and just sit there and talk. And there are times it's not even business related. It's getting to know each other. It's kind of coming and talking about some of the issues that we might be dealing with um, as, a, as an owner, a female owner. Um, so it's, it's a really great group. Um, it's run by Trina. Um, she's out of what Memphis, right? No, she's out of uh, Arizona. 
She's up in Arizona. She's, and by the way, Trina was not with us very long when she decided to take on the role of putting this small group of women together. So long story short, it keeps you balanced because while you might think everything is citywide related, we all are human beings with, with lives, feelings, emotions. So it just gave us an opportunity to get together and just chat, do girl chat. Um, and unfortunately, because of the pandemic, um, we, we had grand, grand ideas of all having a spa day in Arizona this year, but obviously that didn't happen. Um, but it really helped me a lot because whenever you think you're alone in what you're going through, especially with your mate and your spouse, because running a business is probably the hardest thing ever. I think it might be more difficult than raising a child, but <laughs> I, think, a child. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's, you know, 50, 50 there, but it just gives you the, it, it pulls you away and it gives you a sense of what is real and what is normal. So I hope that that helps, Kelsey. No, thanks. Yeah, I, I just, I know we're coming up on the hour um, and I love here, I, I, I loved you guys last fall when I started in franchising and, and I will tell you is the cool thing about you guys is they, you guys were sitting in their seats at one time. You've been there, you know what it's like. And, um, and one thing that, you know, Eden, Philip, and John all know for me is I'm not sugarcoating anything and I, and it's consistent from us to you and you to us. And so I just, you know, if there's, I, I'm going to open it for one more question, but if, I wanted to say, thank you. I, I know an hour out of your day is really hectic sometimes, especially when you guys are trying to sell and stuff, but I really hope that this helped the three that's on the phone and, um, uh, if anyone has one more question, fire away before we let we let Tom and Marie get back to the get get back to the number game. <laughs> I, I I'm good on my questions. Thank you, Tom and Marie, so much for for the time today and for answering all these questions. It's yeah, very helpful. No problem at all. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you so much for everything you shared. Do you have any? I don't know if she does, but um, I will be in touch with all of you guys soon. So I hope that Marie and Tom see your name float out by or see you guys at convention. And I mean, that's, I mean, everybody's intertwined somehow. And I know that these two would be there if you guys signed and had any questions um, throughout your mentorship stuff, because that's that what's, um, what makes it, I guess, a wheel turn is the help from and support from other franchise owners. Um, just know that you guys are not alone. Well said. And, uh Tom and Marie, that was just uh, right from the heart. This is David Braun. It's nice to be able to meet you in this kind of fashion. It's amazing what passion can do with a franchise system that is really working. And I also look forward to to uh, seeing you and and uh, you know spending uh, quality time with all the franchisees in our system. That was just uh, wonderful. And uh, Eden and Philip and John, um, I know I'm going to get an opportunity to uh, to meet you, and uh, uh, hopefully we'll be welcoming welcoming several of you to the citywide family. And uh, and Kelsey is going to continue to guide you through that journey. 
Thank you. Well, thank you guys again, and we will talk soon. Okay. Right. Take Bye. care. Bye. Good Bye. luck. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.